Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Let me in, Let me in on the big bad wolf. I think that was a good. Hello and welcome to Two in the Three Take. Yes. The, the the podcast and it still is in podcast form but you yeah. know by the time you hear this who knows it might be a movie <laughs> might be a book it could be it could be a you know a, a daytime mm. a daytime soap you know yeah um, yeah but at the moment you hear at it at the time of recording mm-hmm. oh, oh, I'm not gonna let you talk mm. at mm. the time of recording it is the podcast where we come up with five sketch ideas, and I am Alistair George William Tromley Birchall. And I'm Andy. And you hear a lot about shows getting picked up by big studios. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they pick it up. They pick it up. You know, they, 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 they pick up the rights. Uh, they, pick, they pick it up. They pick up the podcast, and they put it down as, as, a, uh, as quickly as possible. No, uh, I could I could picture I could picture our podcast being the first podcast that gets put down without getting picked up. <laughs> we are getting a lot of preemptive rejections from from <laughs> studios. We haven't we get a lot of emails yeah. at two in the think tank at gmail.com mm-hmm. that say just no mm. and then it seems to be from random production companies. Yeah. <laughs> you know how there are there are those A and R men, you know, the acquisitions and requisition, whatever they are, those guys who go out and they mm-hmm. look for things that might be good for the studio. Well, they also have a few people who uh, who specifically, all their entire job is just to look for things to reject. Give, well, you've heard of yes men. These are guys are no men. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and no men. And and we, and we we know all the all the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's, what, would be, what would be crazy about no men, right? Because no men, mm. if you make it one word, it's spelt basically, it's got the same spelling format as women. Mm. So to pronounce it the same, it would have to be nimen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, incredible. No men <laughs> is actually pronounced nimen. Um, so yeah, we get Do a lot of... Do you think that's inequality, the, the, the way that we've fucked up the, spell, uh, the pronunciation of women? You think that might be like the fact that we've given the, them a, like, is it a shorter vowel? They can't even get a long vowel. Yeah. W- w- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start elongating my, my women. We, we men. We, woman, mm. man, men. You know, strip mining, Whoa. Alistair, strip mining. Right, how about this? Strip yep. mining. But what you do is, it's, it's mining when you take off your clothes. It's like strip poker, you know? Yeah. Every but, time, every time you get a gold nucket, every time you oh no, every time you you you, you, you sink a pickaxe into a into a coal face, mm. but you don't get a gold nugget, right? And you're at the coal face. Why would you, there be gold nuggets? <laughs> um, I mean, they're essentially there to strip down. Mm. It's just an excuse for a bunch of guys who are not comfortable with um, with their you know bodies with, with their desires on the uh. inside. For yes. for being nude around other men, mm-hmm. but that's what they want. Yes, and they've decided to go into mining, gold mining at old abandoned gold. coal mines. <laughs> yeah, and they play strip mining. Oh, well, of course. I mean, if you if if your secret objective was to, you know, because I imagine like uh like like poker, it's the loser who has to remove an item of clothing. If your secret objective is to remove all of your clothing in front of your friends. Where better mm-hmm. 
to partake in strip mining than in a mine that doesn't even feature the the ore or the or the element that you're looking for. You know, you know that right. everybody's everybody's losing. You go because with strip mining, it is every every pick that you do that doesn't turn up an enormous gold nugget. You have to take off an item of clothing, and yeah. and, and, and and in order to make this pun work, I'm going to have to go into your accent. But the only all that they're going to find is in the eyes of their compadres. Ah, yes, <laughs> filled with awe at. The human form, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the male physique. Uh, why am I like a man up to his knees in bauxite? Because I stand in awe of you. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, That's yes. where I've heard that before. That was a big... <laughs> <laughs> that was the punchline <laughs> of our entire show. <laughs> oh, yeah. In <laughs> 2019. Wow. That was a different time. And you can still download it, Magma, mm. from SOSPresents.com. Okay, how about slash, this sketch? Slash uh, Bill Burr Monday Morning Podcast. Yeah, uh, how about this? Bill Burr sent you. <laughs> okay, yeah. How about this? All right, it's, uh, oh, I'm brimming with ideas today. It's strip poker, right? But instead of taking yeah. off your clothes, you yeah. remove layers of the earth beneath your feet. No, oh. okay, how about this? Right, you know how a lot of... Strip mining poker. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of um, people... Uh, advertising podcast uh, razor blades on podcasts. We're going to be yeah. the first podcast to do it the other way around. We are going to get our logo printed on uh, on razors on 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 razors on mattresses. We're gonna we're gonna be we are going to do go into a deal with um, Casper mattresses, right? And what they're going to do mm. is they're going to put a tiny little audio chip in in every mattress. And when you lie yeah. down on it, it, it whispers. Your podcast, it, listen, a clip. Listen to doing the think tank. The best clip from your podcast. You know that we should be. You know what they shouldn't be advertising on on podcasts. Mm. Andy, are you still there? Yeah, yeah. I'm here. You started whispering a lot. Yeah, here. I was because <laughs> um, I was being you know the be I was being the mattress. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. You know what they shouldn't be advertising on podcasts is razor blades. Yeah. What you know, people. <laughs> People who do and listen to podcasts <laughs> should be kept as far away from razor blades as possible, oh. not made. Mm. <laughs> Super. Why is that the only company that mm. survived still giving us ads? Why? They were like, you know, we, why was that the only <laughs> Is this too grim? We're going to release the first yeah. razor blade that is specifically targeted at suicide. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think that is too grim, but... But with like a little handle or something. Well, like that for, yeah, because they're all, they're all they're sort of all made for like perpendicular motion, but mm. not motion that goes with. Yeah, well, I so think you know there are so many. Um, I, I think that the the razor niche has been <laughs> has been has been really you know it, it, it's it's very competitive out there for razors. You know they keep adding more blades, they keep adding extra mm. little blade. You know the trimmer blade, right there. So they've got the, the, the five mm. blades on the front, the trimmer blade on the back, the lubricated strip. Well, this one will have an extra blade for killing yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but, but it's there. It's there as an option, okay? And Well, I did I did have a friend, and she said that it would, it would give her great relief just knowing that she could do it one day. Mm. She she wasn't she wasn't looking to do it, but she said that it would it gave her relief knowing that it was possible. Well, this th- with these blades, it's not even it's not just possible; it's an absolute pleasure. Well, no, I think I think it, what it, what it's got to be, Andy, just mm. for this to not be the worst thing that we've ever said. Yeah, um, is that once you do try it, mm. um, it's actually. It's actually, you know, one of those blades that you get from a Mac, you know, a Mac 3 or whatever, mm. Gillette, you mm. know, and you're never going to cut yourself with one of those. Right, sure, sure. You know, it's sure it's, it's still a safety razor. Stuff like that. <laughs> you get a close shave, yeah. But it's actually, uh, it's, you know, it's been designed to not function in that way. Mm. And you realize it's a psychological razor. It's there just, just so that you feel free so that you you know you'll always mm-hmm. this is not a sketch andy this is <laughs> we can't i don't think we can write this down okay <laughs> we have a duty of care 
I'm sorry. We have a duty There's of the care. podcasters I mean, but... oath. Yeah, the podcasters oath. Which is, is keep it light. <laughs> and look, it was my idea. It was my thing to make to try to make this joke about you know, that we shouldn't be selling razor blades. Mm. But <laughs> um, we're we're in too deep, Andy. Yeah, I took it um, too so far. So how about this? But just 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 to just a to lake, clarify, did we get any lake. of our strip strip ideas written down? I know they're not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we yeah, don't strip stand by them, there. but they're there. Okay, strip mining is there. Great. Yeah, yeah, but none, the opposite one isn't. Mm, great. Yeah, no, the um, opposite one had nothing. It was just for it was just for com- poker. you know for completeness. It was just for yeah, so that it was said. You know what about this a portable lake? Mm, go on. Yeah, well, you know, you, you know, lakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're quite a they're quite a nice thing. They're beautiful. Yes. You know they're they're big. Uh huh. That's what I think. That's one of the best things. It's like it's just the fact that water can stay there mm. and doesn't just get absorbed into the ground. Mm. Yep. I think for me that's the incredible thing. It doesn't just disappear. Mm. You know, you got a good wet ground that can't take any more water, mm. and and then so the water just stays there. Um, it's quite a nice thing. People go boating on it. You know, usually you don't picture that there's going to be any predators in there. At least not. Yes, there is. There is a calmness. I mean, some mm. lakes are fucking deep, and that gets a little stressful because yeah, because firstly, there's less buoyancy in fresh water. And secondly, there is a little. There's a little feeling of like if there is anything down there, it is primordial. It has been surviving in this lake for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, every deep lake has the feeling of mm. like there's always going to be a sort of a slimy hand that's going to come up. Yeah, and pull yeah, you down. the slimy hands. Yeah. I think you know. I'm um, more worried about. I feel like like sort of zombies and and monster. You know, sort of um, paranormal monsters are probably more likely to come out of your lakes, your swamps. You know, whereas you get your real more likely to survive sharks where there's, where there's no flow. The no flow. Is it, yeah, well, I think if there was, if it's a river, it's like you just feel like a zombie would be carried away, wouldn't yeah. be able to fight the current. Exactly. But in a lake, yeah, it lies there and it builds up resentment. And I think, mm, yeah, you know. against people who swim on the top. Yeah, yeah. But you, I mean, you couldn't picture a zombie really, sort of doggy paddling its way up <laughs> to the top surface to grab you. Yeah, you know, like it feels like they would just sink and then they would kind of be trapped there. Well, they Maybe might they could walk, walk ashore. The, eh? They might they could walk, walk ashore. ashore. Walk ashore. Walk ashore. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's if it's sort of not too steep, mm. Mm. you know, it's, it gets pretty mucky down there. There's a lot of silt. I mean, maybe you know, this could be the sort of information that they could put on the on the sign, you know, by mm. the boat ramp that says, you know, no diving, watch out for submerged um, sticks when you're driving your um, your jet ski, um, mm. and don't worry, uh, this is too steep and or silty for zombies to walk ashore. Mm. Walk ashore, um, and you know, just just you know, a, a lot of the, a lot of those warning signs, are they, they are things that you do have to worry about, and that's great. It's important to know those things, but what about they put a few up there that just list the things that you don't have to worry about? You know, the and it'd be really nice. Yeah, we've checked. We've used radar. <laughs> exactly. Like that. There's none of this. We've, we've, we have a guy. We have a guy who comes in every morning. Mm, just make sure that no zombies have sort of fallen. We dredge. Th- we dredge this lake <laughs> every every two we, weeks, and that's the gestational period of you know your standard aquatic zombie. And so it's 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 just put it from your mind. Do zombies have a a an ongoing life? Like how long do they go for? It's it, or, it's I think it's I think that's one of those things that's probably up for up for grabs because they are decaying. They are rotting. Mm. And there you know there is an element to zombies in which they're not sort of mostly I think supernatural in the way that like vampires or something are, right? Mm. It is it does feel a little bit more like it's in the realm of your science fictions where it's like well this is a virus. Or this is a yeah. you know a mental yeah. thing that they've got that is cha- you I know I, I, tapping I into their story. existing physiology and that's dependent on things like muscles, you know. So it's not it's not co it's not a coherent idea that that a, 
uh, you know, if it decayed totally away to a skeleton, that it would still be able to move itself around. No, that's true, yeah. So, yeah, we yeah. need to know. And you never, this is what you never see. You never see bloated mummies. Because surely the corpse, if it's decaying, is going to be doing those gaseous kinds of things that, that corpses do. But really, they should have that big swollen belly. And they should be farting Yeah, but a lot. they might might just have enough holes. Maybe they just pe- maybe that hole just pierces. Probably hear zombies pop all the time. See, I would like to have a let's make a zombie film that is a yeah. bit more factually accurate. Right? Okay. That that like yeah. that 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 really drills down into the stages of, you know, post-mortem decomposition. And they are bloated okay. like that, and they are flaking, you know, attracting attracting insects and that kind of stuff. You don't see that a lot either. And so we're really yeah, going to get into see a lot these. Of, you think a lot of bugs would just be feasting I on their backs? I think they'd be bugs. They'd be feasting, and yeah. And that's yeah, disgusting, that you know. And that's and that that's going to add to the horror. Yeah. Do you think pallbearers should be carrying them away, or? Yeah, that's one of the things that happens after death. These are, yeah. you know, <laughs> pallbearers are going to be attracted to them, and they get it. The pallbearers are going to come, and they're going to—I don't know what they do. They're going to lay their larvae, their pallbearer larvae, mm. in the zombie bodies, and little pallbearers are going to burst out, carrying away little <laughs> bits of the body, little organs like a spleen or you know little glands that you don't even know about. Mm. Yeah, and then little the... tiny ones, but full grown. <laughs> they, they look like full grown men, but they're tiny, mm. and and they walk around in groups of four or six. Yeah, and they carry around little organs, mm-hmm. like like their ants taking them back to their queen mm-hmm. in a little box. But they're just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I think that there's yeah. definitely a sketch just in take them Paul bearers and what it is that they are doing with the bodies. You know, because you always see them take the body out of the church. And then they go around the corner, and then you never see the bit where they whip open the lid, lay their eggs in there, pop the lid back on quickly before anyone notices. Now, this um, is a sketch that everybody can enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think injecting their eggs yeah. into people and stuff like that and creating little ones, I think that's a fun idea. It doesn't have to be zombies. No, 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 at all. No, totally different. Totally separate concept. Um, yeah, and it feels like a, a poor, like there could be, again, you know, we've talked about evolutionary niches, but there would be an evolutionary niche for a kind of a creature that evolves to look like pallbearers carrying a coffin, right? So, yeah. you know, think about it. So you've got, say, six okay. pallbearers or maybe a- yeah, so it's a- eight. Six-legged or eight-legged creature. It's a six-legged kind of giant insect thing. The coffin is actually like just sort of like a part of its carapace. Like they're all connected to that coffin in some way. Yeah, yeah. That would be like that would be where the body is, like the main body of it. Each pallbearer would be a or two legs. Yes. Imagine a leg that has like, you know, from thigh to knee Mm. is one leg. Mm. But then from knee to foot becomes two legs. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's, cool idea. that's not a thing that I've seen in nature. Um, not yet, but yeah, I think that's a it's a really good one, and I think it's <laughs> so. It's is it would it sort of be articulated at the top as well, so it can like it can swing, and then there's two more legs at the bottom. I wonder if there's an advantage to that. I'm trying to simulate that with my arm and some fingers, and I'm thinking you could get quite a nice motion going, but. Uh, Alistair, the coffin itself, because that's hollow, they've yeah. still got to be able to put the body in there, right? Yeah. So it can't have too much of the internal organs of the of the pallbearer beetle, the enormous pallbearer beetle. It ha- no, no, it's quite a hollow yeah. being. But I guess like, it, it kind of has like you know, you know, like where, where the wings on the back of a beetle mm, are, and they open up. Mm, well, that has kind of been adapted mm, to just be one wing that mm, just flaps open. Mm-hmm like the lid of the coffin mm. and it's just really hollowed out that area and it kind of just keeps all its organs in the little flat 
area underneath now, you know the the sort of the the lining one of the things you know that if there's a flaw with this system and it's pretty good one of them is that they very rarely chuck a body into a coffin that's already on the shoulders of of six pallbearers but no but they're coming they, this creature can just kind of do it out of sight oh okay so they they they, they you know, sort of scuttle gobble it in or there. somebody up yeah they lift it up with the legs of the, of the pallbearers somehow or it has some oh, i think I think now maybe instead of the wings, mm. I think that that's the mouth, you know, like the 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 hole. Mm. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it just they will just like one, you know, two of the legs will kind of kneel down. Oh, I see. And it'll go. Gom! It chomps the body, like and then it scuttles out the of body, the church. And it just kind of traps it in there, suffocates it, <laughs> so that it does become just a, a you know a motionless body. Suffocates the dead body. Yeah, and then it kind of just you know like it just digests. It's sort of like yeah. like a secretes like a, like a Venus flytrap. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, um, so that's. I a, mean, that's that's a that's a separate um, idea to the pallbearers who are kind of another creature. You're right. Themselves. Yeah. And and it would be interesting to see both of these things encounter each other because in a way, w- one is taking away business from the other. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it's the insect that's taking away their livelihood by firstly killing people and then not putting them through sort of, I guess, religious funerals. Mm. Um, I, I think that the, um, uh, the, the, you know, if we wanted a context for this sketch, it could be at a, like a, a sort of an undertaker kind of convention. Like it feels like these are the kinds of things that they'd need to be made aware of, like new challenges that are emerging in the in the undertaking business. You've got to watch out for mm. these things, maybe. Yeah, out of sort of um, New Caledonia, uh, this new be- type of beetle has evolved. Mm. Um, that is, <laughs> that looks like six pallbearers carrying a coffin, mm. and they've just made it to the main mainland Australia. Yeah. They paddled over. Somebody, they, they, yeah, or they, or they sort of, they hid in somebody's luggage. Well, no, but I think it would be quite good to see them, you know, paddling, right? Like you'd see all the pallbearer heads. Yeah. The coffin would float quite well. That's true. But I mean, you could imagine a couple of eggs maybe getting into, you know, getting onto a cruise ship or something like that. No, yep. Yeah, the course eggs you're probably right. look like a. The eggs probably uh, look like a, one of those jars you keep ashes in. An urn. Yep. An urn. Totally. Or a little statue of, like, the Virgin Mary or something like that. Yeah, that's right. It might be given away at a funeral. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, you would at least take it so you could get some extra blessings when you get home, you know? What about this? Tell me if this is anything. It's a funeral clown. And what he does... A funeral clown? A funeral clown. And he does sombre balloon animals. (laughs) We do a lot of balloon animal sketches. But he does somber balloon animals with black yeah, and white, okay. <laughs> very tasteful black and white balloons. Very, yeah, <laughs> mostly black though, with just you know just thin strips of white. Yeah, yeah. And I guess what does he make? I guess he makes lilies. Um, he might make a <laughs> That's little a lot of white, a little coffin or a little skeleton or something for the kids. <laughs> Um, is, that, is that somber? Is it too somber? <laughs> it seems fun. A skeleton seems fun. It's got to be something real, like you know, like like a you know, I think a Virgin Mary statuette in, you know, that's pretty. That's pretty somber. Yeah. Okay. Virgin he Mary does a little balloon, fun. a little balloon Virgin Mary statuette. Great. I would love to see Virgin Mary in a fun context. Mm. Anyway, but back to this balloon animal thing. No, well, I mean, you know, I think uh, that's the whole idea. Really, it's pretty. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, look. I'll I'll write it down. Somber funeral. You know, there could be an entire ecosystem of kind of like um, things that that you would have at any other kind of party or gathering or get together. Um, you know. <sighs> oh, you know, like a, but also the balloon animals. Sorry, like you know, like a balloon animal that looks like a. Like a a tray of hors d'oeuvres that you sort of are serving around, yeah. <laughs> and and um, you know maybe one that looks like a little a little cardboard 
or like a like a card, you know, like a yeah. You know, I mean, that's hard that to says, do. You know, but sorry yeah. for your loss. Yeah, great. Um, obviously, you know, you know a, a, a cross, a Christian cross, would be yes almost too easy to do. But I'm sure they could make you know add some stuff to it, like some flowers around the bottom or something like that. A little mm. Jesus on the cross. <laughs> Maybe a portrait of the deceased. Perfect. Very tasteful. Uh, um, like a, a veil, a veil that you can wear over your face. Mm, mm, I might have already said um, that. I definitely already thought you? it. Yeah. But yeah. it's not a competition. Um, um, yeah. May, yeah. Maybe a a reconstruction of the deceased that you sit in a chair Perfect. at the front of the funeral service mm. or in the house when you're having the wake and then put them in their chair their favorite chair and then at the end you sort of pop it with a with a pin a ceremonial pin <laughs> to symbolize yeah. the life escaping well you you reveal at the end that it's been filled with helium and tied down and then you let them go if you could have a like a a balloon that looked exactly like a person. Now, I don't know how you'll do this, but a balloon that looked exactly like a person. Popping that balloon, like you fill it with something, I don't know, a little bit of flour or, or, or glitter or something like that, popping that balloon would be an incredibly cool disappearing effect. Because you think about how balloons pop. Like they really, yeah. it's like they disappear for all intents and purposes. And if you had yeah, a balloon that looked exactly like a person, that would be really cool. Mm. Like exactly like a person. Yeah, or alternatively, a person who looked exactly like a balloon. I'm not sure which is easier to pull off. And then you killed them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that didn't pop the way that I thought it would. No. Well, the, I mean, the purpose of the person that looked exactly like a balloon was then then you could have a balloon... And then you'd pop the balloon, but people would think it was the person disappearing. They'd have to be pretty oh, right. familiar with the person who looked exactly like a balloon. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess it could be their mom or something like that. You could sort of pop the balloon in front of their mom. Yeah, yeah. If, you know, I don't, I mean, know, I don't know what effect we're trying dis- to achieve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose to make it feel like that person's just lost their son. Or- yeah, I guess. That's the thing that we want to do. Now, if you were a clown at a funeral, would you do the uh, fake happy face, like the big happy makeup face, and then be frowning under that? Or would you do a big sad face and be smiling inside of it? Which is more respectful? Um, I think it would be, maybe maybe it would be nice to do a neutral face, Mm. sort of like straight, a lot more straight lines, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. harsh corners, you know, Mm. black and white. And yep. grey, yep. sort of fully grayscale. Mm. Um, do your hair nice, you know, grease it back. I think there could be... Instead a- of like, you know, the way that clowns kind of keep their hair sort of sticking right out. Maybe this is a whole clown funeral parlour. You know, like, you know, up there with the white ladies and the Tobin brothers and that sort of thing. This is just um, Boffo's funeral parlour and they do... The full clown funeral. Um, yeah, um, I, I think the fun, the best thing about that clown would be that tiny hearse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and he carries all this stuff in a little coffin that he carries by himself. Yeah, great. Of course, the coffin will just look like a small coffin, which is one of the most somber things that you can mm. you can bring anywhere. Mm. Yeah, a small coffin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Has this been a dark episode so far? Do you um, think? yeah, I don't know where this is coming from, Alistair. I don't know what I don't know, um, I don't know what uh what brought this on. We gotta get back to this um mobile lake idea. Oh, mobile right, lake. So. Well, I mean, so I guess you know, you don't see mobile land in general all that often, right? Let alone mobile no, I mean, land that's been houses, hollowed out and see- filled with um with 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 lake but yeah i mean yeah you see houses moved around on the back of trucks yes but you rarely see the land yes just like cut out you see you see turf mm. i think if you're going to take land it's probably a similar idea to turf 
you probably just cut as deep as the topsoil goes. Mm. And then you roll it up. You know, you have, uh, I guess you have above ground pools is sort of the closest mm. that you'll get to exactly what you're trying to achieve. And then sometimes you'll get that, that limousine that has the, uh, the pool, the spa in the back or something. But Is that a real thing? I mean, I've seen it in films. I, th- I feel like it must be a thing. Right, it must be a thing, you know. Like, it, it it would exist in 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 Las Vegas. You know, maybe you can't sit in the pool while it drives around, but it would it would definitely it would definitely exist. There's, yeah, it's. I think I found one. It's too stupid an trailer, idea, not but it's to. like a yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It seems like you can do that. Okay, I mean, it feels like you know, it's a lot of. A lot of water spillage, I imagine. I guess, or I guess you you work out how deep you can go. But I I suppose that like what they've done there is they've identified the fact that like what's the most decadent and relaxing thing that we can put into a limousine. But you know there are other things that that some would consider to be more more relaxing depending on their wants. So maybe mm. you know a a small a forest, you know a, a stream. Right, uh, you know, why yeah. can't we have a, a a stretch limousine that has a sort of a mountain bushwalk, a small mountain bushwalk climate, microclimate, yeah, in there, or like in business class mm. in a plane, yeah, it's you know what's you know like I think a bamboo forest is one of the nicest things to walk through, oh. You know, yeah. and that's a good hollow wood that mm, seems light. almost <laughs> built, almost grown for being airborne. Yes, essentially, it's the it's it feels like it's the trees of the skies. Mm. It's the you know it's the kind of trees that birds would have when they're flying in the sky. So yeah, it's similar to their bones. This is this is the ultimate kind of um, future decadent first class kind of thing, which is where mm. you're in. In enormously, you know, um, carbon-emitting, globally damaging aircraft. But for you, the passenger, the experience of travelling from New York to London is of walking through a bamboo forest. You know, you might need to hollow out an entire A380, okay? You paint in an Mm -hmm. artificial sky and then you plant, you fill the whole thing, you plant it full of... Of of bamboo, yeah, and you let it grow. There's you know there's there's lights. You have an artificial sun rigged up somehow, and yeah, you just wander through. There's mists, you know. Oh, that'd be so nice. Blowing through it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And then you can just have that, that and they truly should organize peaceful zen experience. Like a, there should be like a... Something really nice should happen to you. Mm, oh, that'd be you so know? good. You know, like, like a new. They should. The airline should have to like research you and mm. organize like a new business opportunity to arise. Or, I think what you, know, you want to meet is you want to meet a very small man. <laughs> yeah, and he's small, living small as a pallbearer that's just come out of somebody's chest. Could be, could be. You know, but but he's living in a cave. You know, almost like a Yoda type character. So as you, you know. You're halfway across the Atlantic. You've walked halfway down the A380. And, you know, in the middle of this forest, you come across a little man with a little fire. And, you know, he gives you some kind of wisdom. And he takes you by the hand. And he walks you some of the way. And, you you know, you unload some of your issues. And mm. then, you know, you get to the other end. It's because at the moment, right, what are they doing? Yeah, They are... On airplanes, they're putting in Wi-Fi. They're putting in uh, PowerPoints. Whatever they're doing, they're making it easier for you to work on the go, right? Yeah. But what about the other parts of life that you might want to do on the go? 
the achieving yeah. of enlightenment, the wandering mm. of mysterious forgotten roads on the go. You know what the one downside to this small wise man mm. is? <laughs> is that I just can't think. I just can't think of a single piece of wisdom that would actually make life better like in a very significant way. I don't know if there's anything an older person can teach us mm. that will make our lives better at this point that we haven't sort of read in a you know in a small list of life hacks or something. I think what it's going to be for me Alastair is it's not going to be genuine yeah. wisdom but it's going to be delivered to you in this context that makes it seem incre- incredibly deep and important. And Man, you know what one, you can do? I'm, I'm afraid of. You can tell them in advance what you want to be told, right? You're the customer and you're always right. So really, yeah. I mean, what you want is you want what you already hope to be true or what you already believe to be reflected back to you in a context that appears to have enormous philosophical, spiritual mm. weight, right? So you tell them what you want. And, you know, maybe it yeah. is, maybe what you want to hear is, um, you know, tax avoidance is morally defensible. Okay. Yeah. But it's hard yeah. to truly believe that to, so. until you've been told by a tiny little man in the forest. So it seems like genuine earth wisdom. <laughs> I mean, if they have the ability to genuinely change my, change my beliefs using some kind of, um, you know, some visual audio trick that mm. changes some of my fundamental beliefs and makes me feel better about some of the awfulness that I am participate mm. in on a daily basis, then yeah, that's great. That's not wisdom. That's like magic. And I love that. Um, I'm in for that. And just think, you know, okay, so Bamboo Forest is great, but when I was in um, northern Queensland one time up uh, near Cape Tribulation, mm. right, one time we asked somebody, oh, is there a good place to swim? Because you can't really swim in northern Queensland um, in the ocean because of, because of Irukandji. Irukandji, box jellyfish. Apparently yeah, the smartest so... uh, non-symmetrical animal. Wow. Uh, this may not be true. Carly told me she was listening to something or watching something. She told me something along these lines. They're actually quite smart, the Irukandji. Anyway, go on. Interesting. I, you know, you know my, you know how I, I listen to this guy who, um, this guy who talks about consciousness and and how you know the world that we see is probably not the world that is as it is. Yes. And that you know it's just some, uh, sub, you know, some construction by our minds. They he he uses symmetry as an example of what is probably a compression algorithm for. <laughs> for like making the world simpler um, so that you can, you know, so you can just compress it down so that you don't have to process as much stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, really anyway. cool. Yeah. So, and um, the, yeah, when I was like, we were out there, we were like, Oh, there's a place to swim. And the guy, the guy goes, look, this is only, we only usually tell locals this, but if you go up this road and things like that, there's like a watering hole and it's just like, you've just drive into the jungle Mm. Right, and we went into the jungle, and we went, and it's just basically a little hidden away, fresh water hole with no crocodiles. Or so they don't we even told. tell the crocodiles. <laughs> they don't even tell, even though don't any tell crocodiles, any crocodiles no. about they this. Said, they said there's maybe some nice turtles, and I went in there, and it's like just speckled light coming in through mm. the the you know the o- o- overgrown you know uh, rooftop. Yeah. And we water, beautiful temperature, fresh, clean, you know, almost untouched. So I'm there. It's probably the nicest thing. They need to get this on that plane. <laughs> Alistair, the only other time I've heard you talk about swimming in a river in Queensland was in the context of you getting <laughs> possibly a fungal infection. <laughs> Is this the same time? No, no, this is, no, this is a different one. I think maybe you're thinking of me li- sleeping near Ross River and getting... Bombarded with uh, with mosquitoes. Yeah, I maybe. I the thought there thing. was a time you got um, you got tinnia or something from a. I think I think overall, just being in Queensland and in the in the sweaty heat, I think I got jock itch, right. which is like, which is basically tinnia of the crotch. Mm. And what is humidity if not the mountain stream of the air? That's right. 
the beautiful mountain stream of the year. Now, Andy, am I writing any of this thing down? This fucking plane thing oh, with yeah, the trees in it. Yeah, Alistair. Okay. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in love with this idea. Oh, great. Yeah. It's the new um, new class that's above first class. It's like zeroth class, where it's like it's like you're not flying at all, and the gifts that they give you, or you know, the sort of things that they give you, aren't those decadent things like uh, caviar and champagne. They're in they're intangible wisdom, you know, and and uh, the, the the greatest gift is to of, of of, of flying is to not feel like you're flying at all. It's and it you know the greatest weightlessness that one can experience is not being mm. high in the air. It's being alleviated of the guilt of feeling That's like right. you're destroying the planet. Even though in order to do, achieve this, you have to do it a billion times more. But. Sure. That's well, you know. Never know. Maybe by this point we'll have solar panels in space, and God, these will be that. sound. You know, soundless mm. electric vehicles that fly through the air and can have as many trees on them as we want <laughs> so- because of the abundant energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be able to have trees anywhere, everywhere. That's that's how much we will have. <laughs> We'll fix nature so much that mm. we'll be like, we need actually need to put some planes and trees just so that we have room for more trees. We'll have fixed nature so much that we will have to put trees, get trees to drive cars just to try and bring down the balance a little, just to emit a bit more carbon, right? Yeah. These trees at the moment are doing too too good for the environment. Teach trees to drive. Teach trees, <laughs> trees to drive. Yeah. <laughs> Alistair, this is a sketch. This is a sketch. <laughs> it's 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 selling trees to cars because because the environment selling is too trees healthy. Trees to cars. Tr- tr- selling cars to trees. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it allows us to to briefly inhabit a world where we are we are post crisis. Andy, I think that that's a really funny concept for a sketch show mm. or like for a show is we set it – I think I would thought of this as an idea for a book, but it, where it is set in like, – like we've solved this problem. Mm. We've solved climate change. Too and, well, if anything. And, yeah. And so we're <laughs> – I think it's just funny looking back at like – because we talk about the mistakes we made, but then we talk about all the uh, – you know, the, the things that we fixed and how, you know, so you can laugh about, I guess the, the, the comedy can be and how we fix things, but also how maybe we fix things too well. And so now we have to mm. redress the balance, but you know, it's a, and that allows us to also be quite um, stupid, I guess, selling tr- cars to trees and teaching trees to drive is a pretty <laughs> st- silly idea. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine trees, if trees could drive, Right, and mm. they had the. Oh, I think you know what. I think I've seen a little thing where you can put a tree. You can get a pot plant, right, where you where, that has wheels and some sort of light sensing thing, and it drives around the the tree to keep it in the in the light, like to follow the light or something like that. It's sort and, of a novelty. Is it the tree that decides. I don't think it is the tree that decides. No, it's the senses that decide. But given <gasps> that leaves that do could... follow the sun and that sort of thing, and uh, sunflowers do that, it's possible. I'm sure it would be possible to make one where the tree is essentially deciding where to go. I think that's a genuinely good idea. Like, see what would happen if you could somehow mm. <laughs> find a way. Because, like, whatever it is that the you know like it it is in the in the tree that activates when it's like oh you got to turn your leaf or whatever mm. but Feed just as that, that happens <laughs> that instead of that we re- yeah we read that and then we actually just move the tree right and we give trees the ability to migrate let's see what they would the, do imagine that great herds of trees mm, driving across but, the fields as they chase the but, sun but imagine if, because if a tree realized that when it produced a certain thing, it actually moved the whole tree, mm. would it learn and then realize that it can just be moving all the time? I, 
I kind of feel like it would. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> I think trees would be able to learn if they were given I think the trees option. Trees can drive. I think the trees could drive. And what is <laughs> deciding to move if not driving? Um, Alistair, have we got five sketch ideas? Um, yeah. Great. Yeah, we do. Let's have some words from a listener. Um, all right. Well, Andy, it's funny that you should say that because we have some words from a listener. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but um, no. you know people who who support us on Patreon. This is news to me. Give three bucks. Um, they can they can send in three words from a listener. Them usually, mm. um, or the, but they can send in three words from another listener. <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, and today uh, today's listener Andy is Braden Douglas. Braden, hello. It's so Braden. great to talk to you in person and not just over Twitter. It is one of the greatest joys to be able to speak directly into your ear. Mm. Finally. Um. Now, there, there's one word here that I don't know the meaning of, and I was going to look it up before, um, before we did this. Mm. But do you want to? Yeah, do you yeah. want to try and guess what the first one is? Hermitage. Hermitage. Yeah. No, no, no. And the first word is unwieldily. Uh, unwieldily. Precipitate. No, the second one is not precipitant. No, it's blastocyst. Blastocyst. Now that word does Blastis- ring a bell. Blastocyst. Oh my god! What is that? Is that a type um, of animal? Type of seaweed or something? Well, I, I know. I think you're thinking of a, a structure that's formed in early development of mammals, mm. and it possesses an inner cell mass, an ICM, which subsequently forms the embryo. The outer layer of the blastocyst consists of cells collectively called the trophoblast. Trophoblast? Right. And it seems like it's around maybe in the... It says days five to nine, so maybe this is a very um, early... Let me try and read, read this other part here. The inner cells in the thickened area develop into the embryo, and the outer cells burrow into the wall of the uterus and develop into the placenta. When the sac is formed, the blastocyst is considered an embryo. Right. Because I've got here blastocystis, B-L-A-S-T-O-C-Y-S-T-I-S, is algae, like, you know, like uh, aquatic, what's it? But this is blastocyst, no I-S on the end. Blastocytis, that would of course be inflammation of the blastocyst. Ah. Uh. Um, but anyway, and then the Does third word, Andy, do you want to try and guess what that is? <laughs> Unwieldy blastocyst. Uh, thumb? <laughs> is it thumb? Well, close. Vestibule. <laughs> Incredible. I love I that word, vestibule. Who the, is, where, where do I know that from? Well, vestibule is a part of a church. A vestibule is like a little yeah. sort of enclosed area in a church where... But who's... I don't know, maybe, maybe that's where the, the priest puts on his robe or something like that. Because he enters the, the church also, It's naked. also known as the Arctic Entry, is an anteroom or small foyer mm. leading into a larger space, such as a lobby entrance hall passage for the purpose of waiting, mm. withholding the larger space view... I guess in a uh, way, heat loss. the womb yep. where the blastocyst implants is a is an, is mm. a vestibule, isn't it? It is a little waiting room. Um, mm. Maybe womb is short for waiting room. Yeah, it does sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean unwieldy blastocyst unwieldy vestibule. Blastocyst. I mean, it could just be. I mean. I mean, the inner part of the vagina mm. there could also be that. Because mm. there is sort of, the cervix kind of is the door that has to open to let you through. Yeah, yeah. Right? Don't you have to go through the cervix to get up into the business? <laughs> <laughs> or, or get out of the business, I think, is probably more common. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, so you consider the vagina the business. You see, for me, the business is is, is up ahead. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I guess I got I guess I got a lot to learn. I, That's when the real work starts. Is after is is beyond on the other side. You know, it's kind of the uh, it's that gate that your guest is not mm-hmm. allowed to go past at the airport when you're flying international. Is it is it possible? I don't know if this is possible, but is it possible for instead of a person to grow in the womb by this the the egg, you know, the fertilized egg. Uh, splitting over and over and over again. Is it possible for them Mm. to grow in the womb by just that egg, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then just coming out as one big egg? Yeah, I think that is possible. Yeah, yeah. And then... (laughs) And then I guess, you know, they're a full full person. I guess they can, over the course of their long life, 80, 90 years, they just grow bigger and bigger proportionate, you know, to be like a 100 kilo kind of ball, squishy ball. That I, you know, would pick up lint and stuff off the ground, but is somehow sentient, somehow capable in all in all ways as we are. It's interesting you should say this because once, you know, a long time ago when, when I was really focused on Shusher, I did do an episode where an egg became a doctor. Really? <laughs> and and uh, this feels like this is how this egg came about. It might not have been a chicken egg. It might have mm. been a... A giant egg instead of a sort of a fully formed human. But you could figure out that, you know, I think if a tree can drive, I feel like a giant egg can learn medicine. Isn't it great to push the envelope like this? You know, you... This is the power of being like a conservative media outlet, is that you can can push what's accepted, okay, to the point where if you repeat something enough, that just becomes one of the accepted, you know, things like the free market and that sort of thing. That's now just an accepted, you can't argue with that anymore. That's an accepted part of the discourse. We're going to do the same thing with trees can drive, right? And then, and then you can mm-hmm. use that as, like a, as, a, as one of your precepts for further leaps of the imagination. You say, oh, well, you know, we, we, we all know that the free market is true. We all know fr- trees can drive. And then what's the next step? An egg can become a doctor. <laughs> of course. We're pushing the envelope. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I mean, I just, I worry about this in that, um, you know, if I start really pushing this, this trees can drive thing and then someone's going to go, well, you're a hypocrite because you also think that humans should eat wood, <laughs> you know? And then the, doesn't that seem like a contradictory thing, oh, but it doesn't. Immediately. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying we should eat the, the wood of, of living, driving trees. Of <laughs> trees who could drive. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm talking about like you know, if you find a fallen branch, mm. you know, I'm not saying you know, some being with its driver's license, we should just cut it down or 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 you know, uh, mm. pull it from its SUV. Unless it, unless and, it has an organ donor's card. Mm. Yeah, it could donate its um, organs to be eaten. I don't know. To, where to my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Um, I wonder if we'll get to the point where you can uh, donate your your body to cannibalism. So wait. So Andy. So this egg, this giant egg, which is growing in the womb, and and I think we'll we'll create even rounder bellies than mm. than pregnant women already have, but kind of more. You know, I guess a bit more gelatinous. So that, you know, because because of the inside won't be. I guess it'll still be as firm, but so. It'll still be a fertilized egg, so it'll still have a sperm and a and an egg. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is not just like a swollen egg that a woman has. I guess it would be quite gloopy. Uh, like I imagine it could squish, squash down, and maybe like fit under a mm. door or something. And in that sense, maybe it would be good as a a spy or you know some kind of secret mm. agent. This is reminding yeah, or- me that once in my very early days of. Uh, of sketch writing, I pitched a sketch to my law review team that was about a stem cell that c- was <laughs> because there were like show there was a show about like someone who was really good at disguise who who went and did all these different kinds of things. I thought, well, basically that's what a stem cell is. It's the it's the secret agent, the master of disguise of the cell mm-hmm. thing. Oh, it was a con man. That's right. It was a, se- a stem cell that was a con man, and it could because it could take on the form of anything. It could mm-hmm. it could trick people into thinking that it was like a doctor or something like that. Isn't that interesting? 
I mean, yeah, that is this, that is the spooky thing. You know, you never know if you know if, if the person recommending stem cell treatment is themselves a stem mm. cell. Anyway, <laughs> have we got a sketch idea out of this yet? I think giant egg instead of a <laughs> formed human feels like an idea. I mean, Great. we know that he becomes a doctor. I mean, it's because we've yeah. already written the. Uh, also, it's a know, heat. We've already, um, giant egg is a this man. This one is unfortunately. Yeah. This is unfortunately the DNA formed, Andy, and it is the DNA of a mass, a very masculine man, mm. even though it's an egg. And of course, all your oh. doctor characters are all men, even the giant eggs. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry. I guess an egg feels like it should be more of a female thing, Womanly. which is why I was trying to. I was trying to be subversive. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because all of the egg characters that I normally see are women. <laughs> Our progress takes all forms. Um, Alistair, I think we Andy, did it. You... We did it? Yeah. All right, well, let me take you through some of the sketch ideas. Oh, I'm really Maybe excited all... to hear these. I don't know how to spell Paul Bearer, so just letting you know about that. P-A-L-L? I'm just... P-A-L-L? I think oh, so. Not P-O... Not P-O-L? Like uh. Paul Pot? <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's another thing. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Paul Bearer, Paul Bearer. All right, strip mining. It's a mine where you <laughs> just get naked with your friends. Yes. Um, we got Paul Bearers injecting their eggs into people and creating new ones, and they're basically new species. Mm. And then the, the ones burst out of the things, and, you know. And then there's another sketch idea where it's Paul, a Paul Bearer creature. That we've got two Paul Bearer Paul sketch bearer. ideas. Hey? I love that we've got two Paul Bearer sketch ideas. Well, I know, but I think that there's going to be a crossover episode. Great. Um, and then we've got funeral clowns, somber balloon mm. animals. But, you know, also, you know, whatever else a funeral clown could do. Then we've got plane with forest walk, intangible wisdom, you know. Uh, why be distracted or why, you know, get the finer things or blah, 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 when you could get the, you know, the the higher things. This is a real higher plane of existence. Yeah. <laughs> Selling cars to trees, <laughs> teaching trees to drive. It's, it's nice to know yeah. we haven't lost it, you know? We've still yeah. got it, Al. This is a, I'm going to write down new sketch show idea because i feel like this actually is the launching pad point mm. for something that we'll do in about seven years glorious future um eh? it's a glorious future what? about the glorious post mm. uh environmental problem future i think you can actually pitch that that's a very clear idea that people would you know they'd love it people would love it people in management <laughs> Selling cars to trees, teaching trees to drive. We already did that. Already read that. And then giant egg instead of formed human. It's probably a way that's a great way of breeding, mm. so that people consume less stuff because they've got an egg has enough within it to just survive for a long time, at least two <laughs> weeks without refrigeration. <laughs> that checks out, hundred percent. You know, and so then you could have multiple kids. Mm. You know, you could have. You could have a whole twelve. You could have twelve kids. They just sit there, and essentially, you have a whole carton. You got twelve. You got a kid. You got a bean bag. Perfect. Because you'd see, they'd be like the shape of a bean bag. Yes, they would be. Yeah, they'd feel great to sit on. I mean, the the bio bean bag that's made of actual like living material. It's just a big cell. That's a fucking good idea. Yeah. Biologists would love it. They'd get involved. They'd put their name to it. Mm. Um, who's the guy who came up with the double helix model of of the um, Francis Crick, John Watson? Oh, what's his yeah, name? Maybe Crick. Crick, Crick, and Watson. Yeah, he'd he'd Watson. put his name to it. He'd sell it. He'd yeah, sell it. he'd become a salesman personally in my beanbag shop. <laughs> um, anyway. Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank. We love it that you do that. Um, you can follow us yeah, on Twitter. I'm at Stupid Old Andy, and we're at Two in and Tank. I'm at, 
And I'm at Alistair TB. You, you can, can review us and that sort of thing. You can support us on Patreon. Instagram. Yes. And um, uh, you can support us on Patreon. You can always get Magma. Man, we love those Magma downloads. The link is in the show but, notes. And there's also loads of stuff on SOSPresents.com. You can get Xavier Michaelides' show. You can get mm. all the, like, Don't You Know Who I Am shows, probably. It's all it's, um, Do Go On do go shows. On stuff. It's the only place you need to go. Forget Netflix and forget paying one small fee for to get everything. <laughs> Alice there. Pay a decent sized fee for each individual thing. Yeah, that's a, it's a, you, when you put it like that, it seems crazy not to. Yeah. And um, so take care of yourselves. We we love love you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.